Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to the 78th episode of the Locked Concept Podcast. Rather special episode too. A special one at that, and it is a special day because after almost 18 months of uh, planning and uh, creating, I guess, the my album is finally out today. Woohoo! Woo! It's been a... Uh, full house here tonight. <laughs> me and Lewis sitting in uh, my empty, empty house. house. Three of my other housemates are away. Uh, I haven't done much today. It's been a very subdued release day. Thursdays is uh, my sort of dedicated day off these days when I don't have to work or go to uni. So I've just been chilling at home. Not doing much. Um, mental health day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mental health recovery day. Uh... Anyway, we thought we would uh, just sort of, it would make sense to sort of just play the full album from top to finish, top to bottom, and just sort of talk through it, explain it a little bit more in depth. And uh, yeah, so there might be a bit more talking than usual in this episode, but deal with it. That means you have to go buy the album. Yeah. You don't want to hear us rambling about garbage yeah. on top of it. Um, so yeah, what can I say? This is the first track, obviously, of the album. It's called The Weight of Light. And... Uh, it was actually like the second track that I started working on for the album. Which was I'm, the first one you finished? Do you remember? The first one I finished, I think, was Human Research. Uh. Um, yeah, I started working on this one because I knew this was going to be the opening track. Like, I designed it as the opening track. And I just wanted this crazy, like, sci-fi, synthy sort of thing. And I think, as I described on Facebook... The, uh, the, the, the title just comes from this idea that I read in a book once. It was like saying how you can measure, you can actually measure the weight of light that falls on Earth in one day. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's like six grams or something. And I was like, that's such a crazy idea. It's pretty high. <laughs> six grams all right. Yeah, it's like in a 24-hour period, something like a few grams of light falls on Earth. And I was like, that's whack. So I tried to, I had that image in my mind and I tried to make these big synthy stabs. It sounded like big rays of light just piercing down. Yeah, and as you say that, <laughs> it's like you can visualize it. Oh, it's just so wanky. <laughs> Uh, what, you know, what can I say, boys? This is what I do. That wankiness, what is life? Yeah, all art is pretentious, isn't that right? <laughs> first topic. Right? <laughs> yeah. Is modern art shit? Case in point. Um, <laughs> um, I was having a discussion earlier today with Lewis and some other friends. We were talking about modern art. We were debating on uh, whether is a large proportion of modern art just garbage. <laughs> um, I would argue yes. Well, maybe not a large proportion, but I don't know. Contemporary art, a lot of it seems to have a bad rap. Mm. It's sick stuff. James Terrell yeah, was the, bringing up. It's stupid. Mind-boggling. Yeah, you can't... Uh, oh. oh, yeah. Um, before we move on. Yeah, before, track. before we move on, this is the title track. This is a track called Human Research. Um, I think this was the first track that I actually finished, like 100%. Uh, I think it was like probably the third or fourth track that I started for the album. And I, I got the groove, actually, I didn't get the groove down quickly. Uh, this track went through like three different revisions. And I noticed 
there's an upload of this track on YouTube and some guy commented being like, it was, it's like the top rated comment on the video and some guy was like, at first I didn't like this track because it sounded like there's too many styles and there's too much stuff going on, but then I, then I liked it or something. <laughs> like it kind of makes sense because this track started out as like, sort of like a Fotech tribute or something. It was real like old school, drum breaky, dark sort of rough sort of thing and then I, it just wasn't working and I started making these like more modern sounding basses but by then I had already had these like sort of old style drums and I added this like melodic element and then I kind of modernized the drums a bit and it just turned into this fucking whack like techie thing but I guess you can hear like all the you can hear bits of what it used to be still in there now that you say it was a tribute to Fotech, mm. I always thought the drop was like really subtle in this. Like those old kind of Fotech style or like late 90s, early 2000s sort of tunes. They don't have an emphasis on like a beat build up. Yeah. Enough, even though this tune kind of does. But yeah. It feels like it's going to drop really hard, but it just kind of. Yeah. Sounds cheeky. And uh, I think I named this tune towards the end of the album. Like I, it just seemed like it, when I was working on this album, I was thinking of like, what should I, what should I call this? And I went through a few names and I was like, I kept thinking of like, I don't know, the theme of the album, I guess, if there is one, is just this weird sort of, it's like kind of techy and dark and sci-fi, but it also has this sort of more melodic, I don't know, emotional sort of side to it as well. So I just had this image of like androids, aliens working on these humans and like researching them and like, <laughs> it sounds so stupid. Is that like going to get some more, because yeah. really like Empath is the second last tune and that's like yeah, one of the most melodic. It's, it's definitely moving from sort of like inhumane to humane or something. It's definitely intentional. Cold that it's warm. Yeah, when I was putting the track list together, I kind of, I didn't really know how to do it. And I was thinking, I decided to just put all little techie, heavy tracks at the start and then it sort of gets more and more melodic and emotional as it goes on. Yeah, it's a good structure. Yeah, because it just didn't seem to make sense with all the, like, have a really heavy track with a interlude sort of track. But, and then, yeah, I guess the theme of this album is just this, if there is a theme, it's just this weird idea, this image that I had in my head the whole time I was making it of, like, aliens or robots or something just, like, researching this human and finding out all this crazy stuff about it and that's kind of how the uh, the album cover came apart yeah. as well you can really see that robotic hand holding there the back cover yeah those hair like yeah if you trawl in through all these specimens yeah it's crazy I uh I yeah I knew like from years ago when uh Noisier started doing they started using Comatech for some releases and I was like who the hell is this guy this, this artist is just crazy and I knew from like years before I even started making this album, I was like, if I'm ever going to make an album, I'm going to get this guy to do the art. His art was kind of the catalyst of us starting Lot Concept back in the day as well. Do you remember that? We had big chats about sort of putting more emphasis on the visual yeah, side of things, I do which remember, we kind yeah. of moved away from because that's... It's, it's it hard was like to... It's a bit more out of our kind of like... Mm. Of our skill set, I guess. But yeah, we had big talks. When you were showing me his art for the first time... Yeah. This idea for this web, this really early website, which we hosted for a year, <laughs> where it's like just mostly visual, like the big image of yeah. the art, artwork for each release, and you could listen to the music and look at the art. Yeah, it was supposed to, it was supposed to give more of an equal footing to the, the art for the releases. Yeah, as opposed which explains to just, why on SoundCloud we describe ourselves as a music and visual arts label. Yeah, I mean, I guess elements of, I mean, you know, the sentiment's still there, I guess. Yeah. 
But uh, also, we're becoming more established. Maybe that's something we'll move into more in future as well. I think the main, yeah, the only problem with that was just like we had our friend Joe kind of making <laughs> making the website, and he yeah. was kind of learning how to make websites as well. It was but, an incredible, incredible website. Like the first website he yeah. This tune though. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Jeez, what can I say? This this tune... Oldest on the album? It actually is, yeah. This tune started life out as... I was uh, I was just making some sort of tune by myself and I just... As usual, I just wasn't getting anywhere. Everything sounded like shit. And I just had no hope at all. The old story. Yeah, it's the usual story of production. Um, and I was talking to uh, Current Value because we, well, I'm, you ever meet him? I never met him, man. I hung out with uh, Tim, Current Value, and Dean Roddell uh, when, I, when we were living in Berlin. Hung out with them, sort of. Dean especially became a good friend of mine and saw Tim a few times in person where we stayed in contact and sort of did some collabs. And then just one day I was like, I was like, yeah, I got this tune. I don't know what to do with it. So I just gave him the stems. And I had like, had the basses, I had these pads, and had some real crap drums. <laughs> I just gave him <laughs> and like a sort of basic structure and I gave them to him. And he made his own drums and used basically all the basses that I had and these pads and he just sort of rearranged it. And within like two days, he just had this song and I was like, that's outrageous. Machine. He works so he works so quickly. Both of those guys just make a tune in like a day. Um, <laughs> he just took these basses and he just did what Current Value does. Um, and yeah, this tune, the mechanical magic. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this tune was just a dub. Like I just I just had it on my computer and I just played it. I, I used to like end my sets with it when I still did gigs more regularly. <laughs> And I sort of gave it to a few people, so it's been floating around for a while. And then the album was basically done, and we didn't have a release plan for it. I was like, should I just put on the album? He's like, yeah, go for it. So here it is. Current Value isn't his first release on Lock Concept either. It's probably our biggest profile uh, release was Machine Code at the start of 2017, 2016. Last year, I think. I think it was end of. So we did Crematorium. I think those Misty Trees came out in the remix. 16 and then we had the Machine Code release. If you guys are new to a lot concept, you should go back and listen to Array. No. Yeah, Array is with Machine Code. Yeah, well, we called the EP Double Gate. Double Gate, yeah. Yeah, Double Gate, which is Machine Code Tune, Array, your and collab. Phenotype with just Dean. Yeah. Is there another tune? No, nah, those three, three of them. Three, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, both of those guys, some of the nicest guys I've ever met. Just a bunch of chillers who live in Berlin, just make some of the most hectic music you'll ever hear. <laughs> Current Valley just gets this kind of, like this bridge is just so melodic and spacey. Feels like you're yeah. hurtling on sort of like photons between, <laughs> between, between stars. He's just got that distinctive clean, but just, I don't know. I know it's a cliche to say it, but I feel like this tune is really like a 50-50 of both our sounds. Like, I feel like you can, you can hear the lockjaw in there. You can definitely hear the current value. And I always, yeah, this this second drop, I used to double drop this with a, a moment of clarity. One of my other tunes, like you just build up both of them. And then you cut out a moment of clarity here and then this second drop comes in and it's just... 
It's just so brutal. <laughs> Like uh, this hi hat pattern, just one of the little details that <laughs> I was, you know, there's certain points in each tune that I was, you know, wait for. Just little things, you know, <laughs> sort of swung weird sort of hi hat patterns, which I would, just, I feel like I would just never come up with on my own, which Tim just does somehow. I think I remember you telling me there processes machine code for making music wouldn't they meet up one day watch a movie yeah then make a tune i think they said every wednesday <laughs> they just get together and just watch watch a movie and then just make a song imagine if you can knock out a song in a day i don't know how they do it you're getting slower the longer i've been doing it the slower i get through the silence <laughs> talking over every bit of music and we just left you guys with a bit of silence tell us about idle hands oh um this tune started life out as a horrific neurofunk tune um and it just didn't work like so many of my tunes it just didn't work it was, <laughs> the drums were shit basses were kind of cool they just didn't work properly I did what any self-respecting human would do. Just cut the tempo in half. Uh, <laughs> for a guy who makes half-time drum and bass like myself, <laughs> it's never an option. You should. I should start doubling it. Yeah, just go to 30. Wait, no, go to go to uh, 47 BPM or something. <laughs> um, yeah, I had these huge gross Reese's and these drums which are too big to work in a full-time drum and bass groove. The kick was just too big and the snare is just too big and it's just too messy. So it kind of works when you half the tempo. God, this song's so fucked. <laughs> <laughs> and my, my other comment, my other goal for this tune was just to, you know, I'm not a fan of, uh, not a fan of drum and bass, half-time drum and bass tunes that just have too much shit going on. Just like... It's like bass sound after bass sound. You just can't, there's no groove. <laughs> and so I made a, I tried to just keep it really simple. And uh, you'll notice in the second half, those off-beat hi-hats that come in. It's sort of an homage to like, what even, I don't know. I just like those off-beat hi-hats. Gives it groove, I think. And this bass, which is just, just goes too low. <clears throat> Just real distorted. 
maybe now's a good time to announce that we're doing a giveaway to celebrate the release of Mr. Lockjaw's album. Um, Lockjaw's done a post on his page. Go to Lockjaw, comment your favourite track, and we may consider sending you a T-shirt and the vinyl. Someone will get it. Someone will get it. Yeah. Well, there's already, randomly pick it. I don't know how he... There's already like 150 cards. Yeah. And I'm filled with bias with every single picture <laughs> I look at. Like, nothing bad, but it's just like... We're going to have to... Someone's like, face tilt you a bit or... Close your eyes and spin the wheel. Cool. Some lucky dog will get some stuff in the mail soon. Uh, as a side note... Is it Wednesday? Yeah, when, this Wednesday. We'll pick a winner. And uh, as a side note, the vinyl... Sampler is also available on Juno if for whatever reason you don't want to buy it through our Bandcamp. <laughs> um, so it's courtesy of Triple Vision, it's available through a few other stores. Uh, yeah, there's that one store in Bristol which has had the sampler for so long. Do you remember that one? Yeah, they've yeah, yeah. maybe they've sold out. We've sold at I least like it. there's just like this one spot you can get some exclusive. Well, this one. Oh, one of my two favourites on the album. This tune. Oh, look, not one of my two favourites. <laughs> There's a lot of favourites. This tune is called Options, and it is obviously not a drum and bass tune. Um, started out life as a sort of garage tune. I think that's why it stands out as one of my favourites, because it... I don't know. It, has, it just curveballs you. It has, yeah. Slower BPM coming at like 135 or something. So, yeah. I think it was, uh, I can't remember, it's like 128 or something. Ooh. Um, nice but yeah, it was, it was originally much more sort of garagey, like more, less four to the floor, more sort of swing stuff going on, but I eventually just, I was like, this is too complicated. I'm just gonna make it four <laughs> to the floor. And I tried to add in all these kind of retro sounds, this weird vocal sample. Yeah, I'd, I think the focus for this tune was to make it like uh, just funky. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know how to articulate it. Like, it's certainly funky. The same things that I like about drum and bass grooves, I tried to put in this. It was like, you know, 16th note sort of little fills, and like, obviously, you can hear the bass gets real hectic. <laughs> it turns into like a drum and bass space. Maybe it's time to start a techno alias. Next album. Techno album. Funny you say that. I've got a, a notes document on my phone which has a list of about eight or nine techno aliases. Whoa. When the day comes, Interesting. I've got a bunch of aliases ready. <laughs> Been planning to collab for a while. Remember Isaac's interesting uh, yeah. techno song? Yeah, probably should. More uncharted territory for 
The problem is every time I make something many more years under the Belgian production than I did. The only, the only problem is every time I make something that's not drum and bass, it just ends up sounding like yeah. Like you can obviously hear that this is someone who makes drum and bass trying to make like a techno tune or something. But that's kind of a bit of a charm to it, though. Taking what you know best and placing it in something you don't know at all, and it like yeah, could potentially be what makes it stick out of the masses. You just you know something all sounds the same, and then the <laughs> drum and bass inspired one comes along, and it's just... that's why I always used to I always used to wish that hybrids would just make techno because I reckon it would just be so whack. Yeah. of the album and now uh, this tune I'm sure most of you are familiar with uh, this has definitely been the most well received I would say uh, this is without you closing the loop on uh, with you <laughs> yeah we pointed out once with you is the very first tune that ever come out yeah. of the concept um, kind of the polar opposite this <clears throat> yeah it's like a half time tune play next podcast um this tune i think i started the starting point for this tune was i wanted to make a drum beat that had a really skippy swung beat with heaps of like kicks in it obviously you can still hear all the ghost kicks and like it's just heaps of kicks in the drums here and then i just sort of that's how a lot of tunes start. I always just come up with like, well, I don't always, but sometimes I just come up with a rhythm or like a pattern for a two-bar loop or something and I try and make that and then from that all the other ideas come out of. And so then I, I think I started uh, fiddling around with those big detuned sine wave basses, these ones, that like oscillate heaps and they're all really fizzy with crunchy cymbals. I think it's a fizzy. Uh, bass in this is like so there's like the sub which is like just a really simple sine wave and then there's another layer on top which is like pretty distorted and fizzy and like filtered 
and then there's also the cymbals, which are distorted as well. The crunchy cymbals. Oh, oh yeah. Because they're side chained to the bass, so when the bass plays, they break up. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, you can't, I can't imagine, yeah, if you mute the cymbals, it sounds way cleaner. Um, and then this tune was basically done, and then I just, I was like, it's still missing something. So I just put these vocals in, just kind of chopped them up. Uh, and it had this, like, <laughs> this, this piano. Uh, I was trying to find the right sound for this piano, because I was like, what is that piano sound that everyone uses? It's like the 90s house piano, and I couldn't figure it out, and then my other housemate, Danny, showed me this plug-in. It's called the, the M1 piano or something. And it's just that. It's that, it's that it's the 90s house piano. Yeah, it's that, it's that like stock synth piano that you hear all over the place. Um, and so that's what it was, and yeah, I added these vocals, which kind of added the final touch, I guess. And uh, word on the street is someone's doing a remix of this one. A guy actually messaged me on Facebook yesterday and he said that he heard a remix of this at a gig the other night. Really? Yeah, and I was like, what? That was quick. Wow. And he didn't know who it was and I didn't tell him who it was. But uh, yeah, there's a, there's a remix being worked on. So that should be pretty cool. <laughs> songs where they would just have more sort of simple tunes that just rolled out like this just bass and snares acceptance song <laughs> I advocate for uh, no body shaming um, no this is not about fat shaming this is it's about the gym curve. it's about the gym <laughs> uh, no I wanted to make a song which like everything sounded really like 
it's smooth. I don't really know how to describe it. There wasn't. I didn't. I, I wanted to make a drum and bass tune that sounded like it didn't have any sharp edges. So the the, the kick is really round and sort of bassy. There's lots of like sine wavy, sparkly pads, and the snare is kind of soft as well. And it kind of just drops into this like smooth sort of groove. And uh, even when the really distorted bass comes in, I think it's, you could even say the bass is kind of soft and like crunchy. <laughs> it's not really harsh. I'm getting images, you know, the blur tool on Photoshop. Yeah. And you just start blurring over things. Like you've made this kind of like techie neurofunk tune with like some melodic elements and just hit just it with the Photoshop yeah. blur tool for ages, soften it up. Yeah, it was one of those. I mean, a big thing with all the tunes on this album is I didn't want to make heaps of like repeated sections. Like I just wanted to. I, I'm not really just. I'm not that interested in like second drops and like dance floor sort of tunes. So this tune just changes the whole time, and there's no really there's, there's no really repeated sections or like second drops or anything. So everything just happens once, which I kind of like. Uh, yeah, like I think it just kind of keeps on developing. And uh, yeah, it was, another, it was another one of those songs where like it was basically done. I was just like, this song is just not, just something shit about it. <laughs> and I just realized the snare just sucked. So I just, I had spent like another couple of hours trying to, <laughs> trying to make another snare. And I just made the snare that there is now. And it was just like, this song is so much better now. Yeah. And this was, I'm trying to mix this song and like, master it in a way that like it was this loud and also this clean it was an absolute nightmare like some songs some songs just work and they're just so easy but then this song this is the kind of tune where i had to go in and cut out like 64th note sections from like basses where they landed on kicks and like use multiple limiters to try and get the different characteristics of distortion to work and like use different compressors to make it all work in the end and it was just an absolute fucking nightmare. Good girl. So like every time I open this project, I feel like if I move any fader, the whole thing is just gonna fall apart. <laughs> it's just so precariously balanced to like sound the way that it does. <laughs> yeah. Like, I guess that like brings up the topic of like you know the self-mastering on this album which is kind of i know controversial i guess and some people would say because yeah obviously this whole album was i mastered it myself which uh is not something i would usually like recommend for people to do i mean the vinyl was mastered by someone else uh shout outs to lucas snap mastering he's like why i had to get the vinyl mastered elsewhere uh, what do with like, well, like smaller frequency spectrum or something on vinyl? Well, you need a different master for vinyl. Like you need to, like, cause vinyl doesn't have the same, you know, it has specific parameters that things have to be in to like fit onto the actual vinyl. Yeah. So you can't have like too much stereo width in the treble or the like low mids. Cause it can, has danger of sort of like, screwing up the head when it like writes it so the actual curves the actual curves the actual waveform yeah. um yeah i mean i've done you know i do master stuff for vinyl for other people but i felt for my own release i was like i just don't really trust myself to have the objectivity to <laughs> so i just i just i just let uh, lucas at snap mastering do it 
but the digital release I did myself, which um, the decision was like, you know, I'm doing so much of this other stuff myself. Like, I know that I'm good enough to, like, if I get someone else to do it, it's not going to be, no matter how good it is, it's not going to be up to scratch and I'm definitely good enough to do it myself. So I was like, <laughs> there's no real option. I'm just going to do it myself. Um, this tune is called A Thousand Reasons and it is one of the interludes, I guess you would call it, of the album. Bill, this is kind of one of the turning points in the album. I reckon when it hits options, that's like a little kind of like breath in before it hits without you where you get the first real melodic tones. Yes. And then the second we have this, the one after this, Velveteen. It starts to really get like more melodic. It's like that transition you're talking about moving. We have machine to human. Yep. Sounds like those cyborgs have cracked it. <laughs> just, the cyborgs have cracked yeah, it. Yeah, like, ah, humans, of course. Oh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the humans have cracked it. But mm. You could look at it either way. But um, <laughs> uh, I think, yeah, I don't know. This tune obviously has a lot of guitar on it. Guitar is like, obviously, well, not obviously, but it's my original instrument, which I played for ages. So there's a mix of recorded guitar and sampled guitar from Contact. And this distorted wailing sort of sound is actually a clarinet from your housemate. <laughs> it's actually my cat dying. Uh, it's actually a really distorted clarinet. Really? Yeah, so I got this clarinet sound and just cranked distortion on it and filtered it. And it gives it this sort of lo-fi kind of sound I used to play clarinet when I was in school I'm just going yeah it sounded a bit like that actually <laughs> you could just got me on the clarinet um, and this is actually a field recording these crunching footsteps that I took in South Africa just sort of a weird personal touch I guess sorry back to your roots <laughs> but uh cyborgs found out where you came from <laughs> And uh, that leads us on to Velveteen, which was one of the sampler tracks from the vinyl. And this is featuring my good friend Quails, Amy. She lives in Sydney. Um, this was, uh, I think I, yeah, we, I started this tune before I started actually writing the album. I think this is the tune where I was like, it sounds a bit different to the stuff I usually do, maybe. That's just when I kind of started thinking, I was like, maybe I should do an album now. <laughs> and I kind of, I made this tune and then we worked together. I wanted to get her vocals and we worked together for ages. It took us like five or six completely different vocal hooks or styles. And then she eventually gave me like 32 bars worth of vocals. And I, then I... <laughs> It was so fucked. I had to, I had to like, she just gave me like 32 bars of vocals and I just had to like arrange them. So I kind of chopped up all the vocals and like swapped them around and arranged them so they would make sense as a song. Because the way she gave them to me, they just were kind of like isolated. And then she gave me some harmonies. And like this project had so many goddamn tracks in it. It just gives me nightmares. Like just like 30 vocal tracks or something. And they're all just... Yeah, it's it horrific. Um, it was such a pain to <laughs> arrange and really hard to mix as well because I don't usually do many vocal songs. So it's like <clears throat> trying to get the right mix between all those pads and chords and the vocal frequencies. 
and like getting the right sort of drums. It was just, it was really hard. I think it came out good. Like I listen to it now and I don't hate it, which is a good sign. <laughs> I think the vocals turn out pretty well. Yeah, they sound great. This one's stuck in my head. This is the real get stuck in your head shit. Just because of the vocals. Yeah, vocals always tend to have that effect. All sorts of stuff stuck in my head, but like when you get some fuck little Nero tune riff stuck in your head, it doesn't last as long. No. When you try to whistle it, you ever tried to whistle some, yeah. tried to whistle some current value before, <laughs> doesn't translate, doesn't work very well. Yeah, but this sort of stuff, it's like you keep singing it to yourself and just keep perpetuating it. Yeah, stuck in your head. It was really fun as well, like melodic stuff in this tune which is not the vocals basically just comes from this one road sample like you can hear that's well you can hear when it's actual unprocessed roads but all these pads and all these long all the melodic stuff is just this, this roads that's been like time stretched and pitched so this is like a real sample heavy tune yeah, but like the samples are just so unrecognizable. Like, yeah. like I, I took like one, there's bits where I'd take like a one second segment of roads and then I would stretch it out to like 20 seconds and then like pitch it up and cut it up. And you get all these weird like artifacts and these kind of crackly sounds and stuff. That little guitar bit before, is that sample? That's the sample, yeah. <laughs> this is the most sample heavy song of the album, I guess. Because, yeah, I think the rest of the album is, like, there's, like, almost no samples. Like, it's all just, all the basses are just synths. All the drums are just, um, like, addictive drums. There's no real sample drums. There's a couple breaks. So it's a very lockjaw-centric sort of sound. <laughs> you ever get sunk in that you just released an album? And that it's, like... Like people are listening to it, people are really liking it. Well, this is the thing, I've been sitting in my room all day, alone. <laughs> <laughs> Reflect, but like, when you're in your room, do you reckon you can get that? You can, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's weird, like, because I don't really, I haven't really done any, because I think... Like, it's a first for you, obviously. Debut album. Self-released. Yeah, but... I wonder if there'll be, like, longevity <clears throat> of, like, realisation with this. Like, you'll start just being like, right, I did do that. Um... Like I'll, things I'll, start to trickle in more. I'll get back to you after this tune. Yeah. Uh, this is Second Chance. Uh, this is probably my favourite song on the album. Maybe. Because the uh, arrangement of this is fantastic. Yeah, I, I really wanted to... Uh, I don't know. I wanted to make something deep and synthy. Sort of melody-driven, I guess, is the word. And that's one of those tunes as well, which just... There's, like no, there's no repeating bits. Like, it's all just start to finish it's all just like it just changes the whole time um and I'm, I'm pretty happy with how the melodies all work like i think it has like this weird marimba sound it's a bit tropical yeah so it reminds me of like some little vibe and emerging from the depths i think i was like in hawaii or something <laughs> next to a resort i think i was listening to a lot of camo and crooked uh, at the time and i was like they, they use a lot of weird instrumentation and stuff and then you've also got these synths obviously which give a different sound and I just wanted to make this sort of deep rolling tune which uh, develops and uh, maybe this <laughs> I have to say getting the bass on this was also just an absolute nightmare like, I just would I'd never want to do that again 
I just it just involved like so many different Reese sounds and bass sounds and it, the final bass is like six different layers of audio all chopped up and like layered and it's just a nightmare I was just yeah <laughs> but uh the thing I like most about this tune is that uh, this section that's about to come up like this is my favorite part of tune and every time I listen to the tune I look forward to this one bit and it never repeats again so you kind of like look forward to it and you want to hear it again but it just doesn't appear again well that bit just before it just kind of like yeah flays out or something and then you like think you want to hear it again in the next section but then it's you know it's done like that's it just keeps moving because I think every time you hear like a sick sound in a song, the more times you hear it, it just devalues it. Yeah. Like I, I remember listening, there would be so many times when I was like getting into drum and bass, so I'd be like listening to these old noisy tunes and they would just have like a one bar edit somewhere in like the second drop and I would just listen to the song and every time it would come up, be like, all right, I'm waiting for that one bit. And then it just like that one bit plays and then you just never hear it again. And you're like, yeah, that's fucking dope. Because it's yeah. just like, it just makes it, like you just look forward to it. Because if you hear it over and over again, it's just like, yeah. You get desensitized to it or something. Yeah. And then I actually tried, I tried making this song with a second drop, but it was just so lame. It's just like, this is... <laughs> no, it works so well as the one sort of drop. Yeah, I was like, this is just, through. this just doesn't need to happen. Like, you don't... <laughs> yeah. This just needs to end here. <laughs> um, what were you we saying before? realizing that you've released oh, yeah. the album I, I was gonna say like when i was in europe and i did gigs there like because i would rock up to these gigs in these random countries and i'd be like you're just in some backwater in slovenia <laughs> <laughs> like all these people would come up to me and be like like talking to me about my music yeah and i was be like not that many drum and bass fans in canberra yeah by pr- like just by default we're probably easily the biggest drum and bass label in canberra and yeah yeah, I don't think that there's no drama based. <laughs> oh, there, there couldn't be. <laughs> yeah, and like, I mean, Canberra's not that big, but even across Australia, we got to be got to be getting up there these days as well. Yeah, but and it's weird because we just sit we in our room once a week. Yeah, sit in our room. So, yeah, that's what sit in Louis' room once a week. Do these podcasts. Introduce this song. That's oh yeah. This is yeah. yeah what the, this is uh, <laughs> track eleven already. Jesus, this is Empath. This is my favorite. This is a uh, options and second chance. They're close. They're drawing second, but empath for me. This tune is a, uh, what is it? Sort of like a weird autonomic, but not really sort of tune. Um, I don't know. It's got that old school style, old school sound, a bit retro, deeper. And my favorite part of this tune is the big buildup. I was like, no, fuck it. We're going to have a 64 bar buildup and whatever it is. <laughs> People can deal with it. And like, I really wanted to, like in this section that's playing now, I wanted to like really bring the mood down. I was like, I wanted to make, I wanted to say what it, say what I wanted to say with like at least amount of notes, if you know what I mean. Like you've just got this really simple chord progression, this really simple bass line and it just builds. It's just a, a really nice, well, I think it's a nice sound as well, the yeah. synth. Like it's nothing fancy, nothing complicated, just this like. This is a nice kind of like fuzzy texture yeah. to the top of it. 
I'm telling you guys, so organic. I'm, tell, you do that? I'm telling you guys, massive, massive, massive is the workhorse that powered this album. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> just takes a lot of fiddling, like anything. But uh, yeah, the other thing I think we talked about when we played this song on the podcast was that it's <laughs> it's just been it's been mastered a bit too loud, which is my only regret of the album. When I listen to the album, I listen to this, and I'm like, oh, I just wish this was a bit less crushed. But it wouldn't have, like, sat well yeah. the album if it wasn't, right? But this is the thing, though, because Spotify has auto-volume levelling. So it's sort of... So Spotify, it's really good because Spotify is kind of killing the loudness war because they make songs that are quiet. Oh, no, sorry. They bring loud songs down to the level of quiet songs. So they sound better. Yeah, true. And you notice when songs are over-compressed because it was on Spotify. The less compressed ones are like as loud as the loud ones, but the loud ones have been brought down. So when you listen to this on Spotify, maybe it'll sound a bit weird, but you know, yes, whatever. I release the doves of peace. <laughs> <laughs> the battlegrounds of the loudness wars. Um, but that's a side note. It doesn't really affect the tune, I guess. It's just, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Anyway. We'll, we'll delete that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, what, what I was saying before about the gigs is because you were saying before, like, oh, does it feel like you release an album? It's like, well, sort of. But I feel like if I went to do gigs now, when I was in Europe and I was doing these gigs, people would come up to me and they'd be like, oh, dude, I've been following your sound since, like, you know, four years. I love this song. And then, and then I realized, like, oh, shit, there's actually all these people, like, around the world who just, like, follow the label and stuff. And you just hit 8,000 on your own purse. 8,000 followers today, right? Yeah, and sometimes I'm like, that's a lot of people. But then sometimes I'm like, it's just not that many. Yeah. <laughs> Although I remember... I always have this memory in my mind when I like... Can you imagine 8,000 people on a dance floor? Well, that's the thing. I was like, like... You got all your fans in one spot. I remember when I hit 2,000 followers on SoundCloud. I was like, imagine if you got 2,000 people at a gig. Like, that would be mental. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, I think if I was doing more gigs and sort of interacting with people a bit more, I'd probably... I don't know, impact a bit more, but... I just don't really do gigs anymore. <laughs> Maybe one day. I wonder how unknowingly that works for you and for like us. What do you mean? There's like, like not being so connected, not being in the hotspot for drum and bass. Mm-hmm. You as a producer and us like running this label. If it keeps kind of grounded, or I think it isolates us too much. I think it definitely could keeps be a bit us of a, grounded. Yeah, could be a bit of a double-edged sword. Like there's probably yeah. I mean, I guess we don't get the chance to like test our tunes out on the dance floor as much, but also like that's one of the things we're trying to do with this label is. Well, I mean, we wanted Not, to... Yeah, we, we, we don't want every tune to be, like, a dance floor destroyer. We, we also... Want to be able to sit in your car or, like... We had sort of... Some headphone music. Yeah. We had plans to... I mean, it would have been nice if we had, like, a release party tomorrow or something. But we, we just... We kind of tried, but we... Fucking hard to get a venue in Oh, people in Canberra. Yeah. Just dogs. <laughs> um... But yeah, I mean, my focus has never been, I've never really been into DJing, to be honest. It's yeah. just been like, I'm always, the thing that interests me is the music, like producing. That's what, but I mean, that being said, I'll probably do some gigs again one day. I just, at the moment with studying and working, it's just a nightmare. Too hard. I've and, only uh, ever played one gig. I think I had like really? 15 people dance. Yeah, at the start of the year. Dude, you should play some more. Yeah, <laughs> I loved it. It was so fun. No, don't give me. anxieties about it, but like. Don't get me wrong. When you're de- like when I'm DJing, it's great. I just like traveling and preparing for it, especially because I'm not. Yeah. Anyway, that's so another your biggest story. gig. That one in 
a bikini or something. Yeah, in Toulouse. Toulouse. Shout outs to uh, Vandal Records for hosting that. And uh, Jesus, we're at the end of the album. This is the last interlude, the album closer. It is called The Space Between Us. And it is, uh, I don't know, just some sort of <laughs> synthy, synthy nightmare. Um, I wanted to make something that just was really simple. There's only like four synths in this track or something. And I just wanted to make it make that lead synth develop the whole time. Just make it sound really nice and then just keep it playing the same thing the whole time, but just change it and develop it. Um, yeah, and it's the album closer. This is this is the humans freeing themselves from the robot grip. Yeah, I was gonna say before I imagine like empath with them kind of waking up. <laughs> yeah. Waking up to the realization. Controlled by technology, <laughs> finally they free themselves. Um, great album, all in all. Hope you enjoyed it. This is—I was just thinking this was kind of like listening to the album with director's commentary. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to listen to the album without it, go on Spotify. Yeah, go on Spotify. Get dogs. Buy it. You know. Um, also, sample is a few of those. Isaac, my other housemate, was giving me shit because he was saying when we do this, we have to explain all the album titles. And I was like. Mm. Like, why would you say that? <laughs> but, uh... I forget that. Why don't you just leave a comment and explain the album titles for us? <laughs> no, I feel... I feel the, the title for this tune is just like... I don't know. It's just gonna sound too cheesy. <laughs> it's just like, you know... I feel like in day-to-day life, you know, there's, there's, there's too much space between us. You know, people are... People are too disconnected, let's be honest. We all need some more empath. Don't we? No, I no. think that's good. That's. I mean, we do. Yeah, we do. Yeah. I, I don't think and this that's cheesy. I'll say no to. And this was the... Uh, so, yeah, we started out with a really techy, heavy sort of sound, and we end on this sort of kind of positive note, I guess. I don't cyborg know. to human. Cyborg to human. Human yeah. to cyborg. Who knows? Where are we? Where are we? Who are we? Research will uh, only the human research yeah. will reveal the intricacies of human. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, that is the album. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Go buy it or don't. Go stream it. One of you won't have to. We'll announce. <laughs> yeah. We should throw. We'll, we should give the winner the full, <clears throat> all digital download the album too. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Um. So yeah. And, um. Uh, that is that's it what else can i say we'll, we'll post by the time you guys hear this everything will be released and on soundcloud and facebook so uh yeah yeah, yeah. goodbye goodbye, goodbye.